to bring you fame, Jesus. Oh, we lift you up. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus right now. Oh, we lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All things are possible. All things are possible through you, through you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, there's power in your name. There's power in your name. Come on, if all you can say is the name of Jesus, come on and just lift up his name right now. We lift you up, oh, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, there's power in the name. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, we lift you up, oh, God. Jesus. No sweeter name. Oh, no other name that man can call and be saved. No, oh, but through Jesus. Oh, through Jesus. Jesus. You know, as we were praying, before we move on quickly, I just want to share something the Lord's put in my heart. Um, as we were getting ready, we were pre-service um, uh, worship. Um, God just put this on my heart. And, and we're out here, guys, just to pour ourselves out. Amen. And we're not looking for some sort of reward or a pat on the back. We're here. God, you saved me. And now I'm going to tell somebody about that great love and that great forgiveness and just who you are. And, and as we were praying... God just put it in my heart. It's so easy to ask of God of things that we're wanting. Like, Lord, bless me with this. Bless me with this. And sometimes we're just self-centered uh, in our prayers. And that's good. We can be. There's a time for that. And, but specifically right now, God was putting in my heart that when we come out here, we're not asking anything of ourselves, but we're asking for other people. We have other people's best intentions when they come into the grace and the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is we're praying for them and, and God says when you begin to pray for others and not for yourself you become more like Jesus you become more like Jesus and let me tell you guys there is nothing that's going to be out there that's going to change a person to want to come to church or anything but by the grace of God by the power of the Holy Spirit can we right now, before we move on, let's pray for other people. You may not know them. They may be just some random faces that come to your mind. But right now, let's just take the next couple of moments and just pray for them. Come on, for the husbands, the wives, the children, the youth that are going to be out there, the people that we will talk to. Come on, you don't know their names, but let's just pray for them. We pray for that community in Jesus' name. God, that your power will come to North and California. That God, your power, Father, would be demonstrated in what we speak, Father God, with signs and wonders. God, we pray that you would bring salvation to Humble Park this day. Holy Spirit, equip us. God, we lift them up for every person. God, that we talk to every encounter, God. Lord, it is not a mistake. God, we pray that you set them free. Set them free from their addictions. Set them free, God, from sin. Set them free from the bondage. Holy Spirit, bring new life. Bring new life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Come on and pray. Come on and pray. Lift up your voice.
everything and after all that it spread to her to her stomach to her brain and uh, I almost wasn't going to be here because it, like let's say she died a few days ago if, if that was her time you know I, I, I'd be with my family this morning I got a text from my mom I just asked how's she doing and she said she is strong she's she's not ready to leave yet and my cousin is not a believer in Christ, or at least to my knowledge, she's kind of new age, kind of, you know, thinking Christianity was, was, was backwards, you know. And I can't feel in my heart, help but feel like maybe she's not ready to leave yet. Maybe she's not made her peace with God. The Bible says that through faith we, in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. And um, they're going to be a lot of people we meet that are not ready to leave yet. And, you know, having somebody on your on, on the deathbed that close to an eternity and you know they're any day now, that, that puts things in perspective. But listen, what if, what if one of us doesn't make it to the park, you know, a car accident or something? Or somebody we talk to and later on tonight they, they get shot. We don't know who we're talking to. Everybody you meet is immortal. And they'll be either with with God in heaven or or in hell with the devil. They're not a lot of people are not ready to go yet. It says this is appointed man to die once and then the judgment. Friends, we need to pray with urgency. We need to be frequenters of the mercy seat where we can stand before God on behalf of a, a lost and, and fallen sinful people, people that you know, people that we're going to meet out there. So let's Let's keep that attitude of prayer, but let's pray with urgency. 
Here are specific ways to pray for your lost loved ones. Specific ways to pray for people that you come across that don't know the Lord. Say, God, be patient with them. Give them opportunities to repent, Lord. God, reveal yourself to them. People need to see who God is. They need to see Jesus. They need to understand the cross. At least to have that uh, offer extended to them so that they know that, that there's a God who loves them and sent his son to die for them. Giving them opportunities. Lord, give them another day. Lord, give them another week. Lord, don't let them die in their sin. I tell you, if we believed in, in hell the way we, we do and we have a doctrinal statement, I know we, we believe it. I'm not doubting that anybody believes the Bible, but I'm saying if, you know, if, if we believed in hell, if we had an understanding of eternity, our prayer life would be different. Our evangelism life would be different. So we're going to just stay in that attitude of prayer. And we're going to call out. We're going to call out for people this morning. Amen. We're going to call out for, uh, for, for two kinds of people. One, those we know and those we don't know. We're going to call out for our loved ones, our friends and family that are lost. And then we're going to call out to God in Jesus' name. And God is the God who answers prayer. Amen. He hears and he answers prayer. And we're going to call out for those in this city that don't know the Lord. So if you, man, you can just play something uh, as we go. And it's not about the music. Just let God touch your heart. Let God give you a love for people. Let God take away your fear.
just going to ask a few of you to pray, but you don't have to move. I'm just going to bring the mic to you. I want you just to pray what's in your heart and just cry it out to God. We don't need to be long-winded in our prayers, but just let the heaven, let heaven and earth hear some of your prayers today. Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord God, for your mercy, Lord, your mercy and your grace, God, your compassion, Lord Jesus, on Northern California today, Lord God. We pray that people would come in their sin, Lord God, and leave with your forgiveness, Lord God, that hearts would be changed, God. People would become sons and daughters today, oh God. They would receive you, Lord. We bind up every spirit of pride, every spirit of oppression, Lord, and we give it to you, God. We cast it out, God. We claim those souls for your kingdom, Lord. They will be saved. Forgiveness, freedom in the name of Jesus. Every man struggling with pornography, God, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Every man struggling, God, in his life, God, you said that your, your, burn, your yoke is easy and your burden is light, Lord God. We pray and we claim those souls, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord, would you lead us? Lead us in your power. Lead us in your strength, oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Lord, we pray, God, that their eyes are open today, God. We pray that the blinders are removed, God, that they see a holy God that they see your glory out there God Lord the way you saved us and the encounters you gave us Lord we pray that right now for them God we pray for encounters God they will see you that they will understand you they will feel you God they will not leave this place God they will not leave this place without feeling your presence God God we ask for souls today God we ask for people to drop their pride we ask for them to drop all these things all these hardening of the heart i pray god you soften their heart right now in jesus name oh jesus ready the field right now god ready the field right now god we are ready to do your will god we are ready to bring your love god we are ready to preach your truth god you use us as you wish to use us god let your will be done for your glory god we we say right now devil you leave them right now in jesus name we claim them for heaven right now in jesus name we claim their salvation right now in jesus name and we will not give in to you devil we will not give in to your lies and they will not be they will not be sent to hell in Jesus name oh dear Heavenly Father I just thank you so much for the peace that you've given us God thank you so much that it's not about what we've done it's not about, you, you do not delight in the legs of horses or the strength of man or soldiers, but you delight in those who fear you and hope in your mercy, God. We thank you so much that we have hope. We have hope in Jesus' name. We have hope in the blood of Jesus Christ and that you have came and you've conquered, you've died and you said it's done. In Jesus' name, we say it is finished. That all these things that, that have caused a wall to be in our in our culture in our society all these things that that people are holding on to these chains you say it is finished i pray god that you speak to those chains say they're gone they are gone in jesus name 
God, we receive your spirit today. We want to we want to worship you. We want to commune with you, Father. So, God, I just pray that you fill us all with your spirit. Go before us, God. Light our, our trail ablaze. We pray these things in Jesus' name. moments in prayer come on he said the house would be called a house of prayer for the nations this is not an entertainment place this is not just a lecture hall this is a place of prayer for the nations hallelujah god almighty we thank you dear god because you've given us dear god full authority to preach your gospel father you've given us authority dear god to trample on snakes to cast out demons dear god to see dear god the sick healed God, to see lives transformed and changed. God, you've given us that authority, so we declare and we call on that authority this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we go with your spirit on the inside, dear God, ready to cast down every argument that comes against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, we come in authority, dear God, to see lives transformed before our very eyes, to see born-again people, dear God, at the mercy seat, crying out, dear God. And we thank you because we carry that treasure inside of these jars of clay we thank you so lord be glorified be exalted be lifted high father let your name dear god go forth in power this morning at humble park we declare the city of chicago for you god we declare this city we bless it dear god we exalt this city this morning dear god because we know it belongs to you the people here in chicago belong to you dear god in jesus name hallelujah amen and amen We come before you as a broken people, Lord God. Lord, there are people that behind the laughter and behind the, the joy of the festivities that are coming to the park, Lord, there is a broken heart. There are a people that they have been robbed, Lord God, and we cry out on their behalf. Lord, we ask that your precious Holy Spirit, that you learn to embrace, you yearn to embrace these people, Lord God, with such a passion. Lord. Lord, we cry out for the flock and for the lambs that have lost their way, the ones that have been lied to by legalism, by false religion, by false promises, and man has let them down, Lord God. But you promised in your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord God. Lord, we come as broken vessels, Lord God, because it is in broken vessels that you allow us to be the clay for the potter's hands. Lord, I cry out for the healing balm 
to mend these broken hearts, Lord God. Let these people see the love of Jesus in our faces. Lord, as you spoke to me and you had said, there comes a time when we have to lay down the sword and lay down the shield and pick up the towel of a servant and begin to wash feet. Lord, help us to pick up the towel of a servant throughout this day, God. That we can be able to acknowledge the brokenness from the people in the midst of the festivities, that we can be able to see through your eyes what you see. Lord, we rebuke this flesh that wants to just come against you. We cry out that your spirit merges with ours so that we can become one voice in that park. That we can become one mind. And that we can be able to unite ourselves, Lord, with the voice of the Holy Spirit that says, come to the cross. For Daddy God awaits you. Lord, let us cry out for this city, Lord God. There are many that would say this city has been forsaken, but no. There is a healing balm and a time and a place and a season for everything, Lord God. Lord, and all of those that have already cried out to you for whatever petition and whatever has been presented before you throughout this day, we ask for the hidden petitions. Lord, those things that only you know and only you can understand. Because we at one time, we had issues, Lord God, and you dealt with our hearts. And we know that you want to deal with the hearts of men and women that are just so far away from you. So, Lord, we, we bring down every single spirit that would try to exalt itself before your name. And we tear them down. And we call null and void the curses that have been spoken over people's lives that have been told, you're never going to amount to anything. You'll always be a homosexual. You'll always be a, a woman beater. You'll always be a loser. But we cry out and we say, nay, enough is enough. These are your sons and your daughters and we are going to go get our brothers and our sisters and we are going to present them before you and you will receive them and they will repent and they will know there is a God that loves them. There is a healing balm. We cry before you, Lord God, because we know in whom we have put our trust in, Lord God. And we pray that the seeds that we plant today in the hearts of men and women, that they would flourish, Lord God. And I am reminded of your word. Oh God, I am reminded of your word even now. Jesus, Lord God, I am reminded of your word. So shall be your word that goes forth. It will not return back void, but it will accomplish. And it will do that which you want it to do. And everywhere that your word goes, it will prosper, Lord God. We pray your God as it, as, as we pray your word as it, as it is also written, Lord God. Though the flock may not return. 
though the barns be empty. And though the herd not return, we will still give you honor. We will lift up the name of Jesus, Lord God, because it's not what we see, it's what you see in them. And we ask for the fullness of God to just touch and radiate. Let us be your hands today, Lord God. Let us be your hands today, God. Let us be your hands and give every single person in here the strength, both physically and emotionally. Lord, and hold back the reins. Don't, do not allow the weather, Lord, to be a hindrance towards people, Lord, for them not to come. But let the rain of your spirit fall over that entire park, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you, God. Come on, just lift up your hands as that powerful prayer just came forth and just say, Lord, use me. Oh, yes, God, use every one of us. Use every one of us. Just as our brother was praying, there will not be anything that comes back void that we do today good seed will produce a good harvest and we're praying that the ground will be good in jesus name can we bless his name today can you just pray praise the lord with me come on metro praise we're praising his name come on somebody yeah Woo! hallelujah slap your neighbor high five and say yeah <laughs> Woo! You may be seated. You may be seated. I'm going to ask that the leaders of our traveling team would just come quickly and share their heart for why they came. So, Dad, I want to start with you. Let's give it up for my dad in Fort Wayne for Jesus. Dad, just take a few moments. Tell us why the team came and what you guys are expecting. Praise the Lord. We're expecting great things from the Lord today, okay? We come from Fort Wayne, Indiana, three and a half hours away to help build the church of Jesus Christ, to help build the church right here in Chicago. That's why we're here, to help build the church. One of the things, the word that I got is we were just worshiping, and this is what the Lord told me. And I asked him for this. I said, Lord... Give me one word for the weary. With everything that's taking place in this country right now, there's a lot of weary folks out there. So we come to give a word to the weary, amen? And we come to bless you from Fort Wayne, and you're going to bless us, and the church is going to be unified, and the glory of God is going to be given. Well, we're real excited to be here. I mean, this is such an amazing opportunity. And what's amazing about this is, <laughs> it, I don't know, last night was really powerful for me because I'm realizing I could do this stuff anytime. And this is, it, it's not about an event. It's not about, like, <laughs> getting all hyped up about something that's just, uh, you know, superficial. This is like, God came. He did it. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's just refreshing to know, like, just go back to the roots of what happened in our own heart. What happened? 
and then there's people out there, and I'm just, I, I don't know, while we're praying, I'm just, it, it just moved on my heart knowing there's just people that don't have any hope. They don't have that hope. That prayer where I was trying to pray before was just hoping in God's mercy. We, <laughs> I don't know, I, I feel even today for myself, God, I have hope for your mercy. And what the, what's interesting about that word mercy is it implies that, God, I have wronged you. That I need your mercy today. And, and I guess what's powerful, this is, it's almost like a, a double whammy, like we receive <laughs> when we do this kind of ministry. When we press into the things of God, we get a fresh revelation of what God is doing right now, where the Holy Spirit is moving and how, how he's speaking to his people. I, I thank you so much for everyone who's here, just for your courage, for everything you're doing, your response, your obedience to the Lord. It's encouraging me big time. My prayer is that it also blesses the group that's here, that we, we're not a broken church. God's church is not weak. God's church is a victorious church because he is, he is the figurehead. He's already came and he's already done it. There's nothing we have to do to make it any better. It's a free gift. It's there. We receive it. And we also offer it to others. And I'm just excited to do that today. Let's give it up. Good job, man. Thank you for that. And uh, if you guys want to write in your calendars, July 12th, July 12th through the 13th and 14th, we're going to go down to Fort Wayne, Indiana for a Three Rivers Festival. So we want to go out there. Come on. So whoever can take the trip, <clears throat> excuse me, to go out to Fort Wayne, we want to bless them. Fort Wayne for Jesus. So just think about what God is doing. He is just joining the church together with that single mind to go out and win the loss at any cost, to help the hurting, to reach out. And that's why we're here today. And Jordan, uh, Pastor Jordan, you said it so right. This time that we have right now is what God is pouring into us. And then when we go out there, we pour it out. But there's also something significant that happens while we're out there too. So it's always going in us and through us, in us and through us. It's so awesome. So uh, guys, let's come and join over here on this side and uh, open up your Bibles with me because uh, we're going to do a sermon. This is cool. Fort Wayne for Jesus has heard this, but Chicago hasn't heard this because I preached this when I was with you guys. I more or less taught it, but now I'm going to preach it, okay? So I want you to open up your Bibles to the scripture that's going to be coming up here. I want you to see what the gospel is. And we're going to talk about how we're going to present the gospel today. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And this is the definition of the gospel. Now today's message is the gospel in focus. Okay? The gospel in focus. The notes right now, this is on my Facebook. So you can get it right now if you want to use it. But I want you guys to take good notes, and I want to train you right now. Okay? So I, I want you to be equipped to go out and share the gospel. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to define what it is from the Scripture, and then we're going to put it in our own words, but we're going to see the scriptural definition first. Ephesians chapter 2, and then we're going to pray again, because we want to leave out of here praying as teams for the ministries we're going to do. And I'll tell you by, about the ministries we're going to have you do here in just a moment. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Here is it from the words of Paul. Okay, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now I want us to read this verse together on the count of three. One, two, three. For it is by grace... 
through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now I want you to say it again, one, two, three. For it is by through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now I'll continue reading, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now let's put up that definition in our own words of what the gospel is, because there's the biblical definition, and now let's hear it in our own words. The gospel is defined as the good news. So the very word gospel is good news. Everybody say good news. Okay, so what we are going to share today is good news. Put a smile on your face and say good news. Okay, so this is good news concerning God's glory and humanity's salvation. So we're talking about God is getting glory out of this, and human beings like us are getting saved. For humanity's salvation by the grace of God. So how are we saved? By what? The grace of God. By what? The grace of God. We can have church on Saturday, right? Okay, so we're saved by what? The grace of God through what? Faith. In who? Okay, now we're going to do a little word game here, and I want you to help me out. I'm going to say we're saved by, and then I'm going to say through, in. Okay, you guys ready for it, okay? So we are saved by the? Through, in. Okay, let's do it again. We are saved by, through, in. One more time. We are saved by, through, in. Okay, that's all you got to remember for the rest of the day. This is good news. This is good news to the people you are talking to. You are telling them, by grace, by grace, you are going to be saved. Not because of anything you've done. Grace means an undeserved gift. Like when you guys were children and you would get gifts from your parents on Christmas, you did not deserve that gift. They could have put a note under the Christmas tree that said, all your meals this year, every uh, heat that I turn on in the winter, every uh, water that you use to shower is my Christmas gift to you. Merry Christmas. Because you didn't deserve anything more than that. Am I right? You didn't deserve anything more than the air you were breathing, the heat to keep, the, you know, the electricity and heat and food. You didn't deserve anything more than that. Do I got spoiled kids up in here? Do you all think you deserved what you got? You did not deserve what you got. Your parents, listen to me, your parents were being great parents if they gave you food to eat, if they gave you a place to live, water to bathe with. They didn't owe you an Xbox. They didn't owe you clothes, a bicycle. You didn't deserve any of that. Now, if you understand that example, you can understand the biblical example. God has given you air to breathe. God has given you this life. God has given you all of this. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve it because you have sinned. You have fallen short of God's standard. He does not have to let you in. You have to get this in your mindset. He does not have to do this for humanity. He could allow you to perish. But by grace, an undeserved gift, he wants to save you. Not because you're good, but because he's good. That's why he wants to do it. He wants to do it to show his goodness, to show his mercy, to show his love. When you didn't love him, he loved you. When you sinned against him, he took your sins. When you blasphemed and you took his name in vain, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So you are saved. We are saved by the undeserved grace of God, this gift. How do we receive it? Through what? 
How do, are y'all slow today? How do we receive it through what? Faith. You receive this gift through faith. So put yourself back under that Christmas tree as a child or whatever, and you're receiving this gift. You could have taken that gift, and you could have said, I, didn't want, I don't want it. You could have said, I don't want to open the present. Or if you opened it and you saw it wasn't the type of thing you liked, you could have said to your parents, I don't want this. And if my kids say that to me, that's when they get the belt. So it's either you appreciate what we get you or you're going to get yourself a spanking because we ain't going to raise spoiled children. Are you listening to me? So if y'all grew up in a family, you could cry and do all that at Christmas. You didn't grow up in my family. Thank God for that. But, but let's just say you're that spoiled little brat. You get that present. Your parents worked hard. They saved up. They went to the store. They wrapped it. They thought it would bless you. It would be great for you. And maybe it was something you didn't like. You could push it back and have a fit and shake your fist at your parents and say, why did you get me a sweater from Target? I wanted something from Michigan Avenue. Why did you get me this pair of shoes? I wanted this kind of pair of shoes. You can do that. Sinners today can shake their fists back at God and say, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to live holy. I don't want you to change my sexual orientation. I don't want to stop listening to the music that I listen to. If this is your gift, I don't want it. I want what Oprah gives me. I want what Kanye West gives me. I want what this world gives me. That's what I want. You have the right to do that. It is your choice. Your will decides, will you receive by faith his gift? And go, you know what? I don't see him now. I don't see heaven yet. I don't see all the new things God's going to do in my life yet. But I'll trust him. Faith simply means to put your trust in the character of Jesus Christ. So you are saved by what? Grace through what? So you don't deserve this salvation. He said, I died for you. I poured out my blood for you, raised again on the third day to give you new life. And now you have the choice. Do you want to put your faith in that? Do you want to put your trust in this message? You can push it back. People do. You can reject it. You can say it's not the size you wanted. It's not the color you want. It's not the way you wanted to have it. You can. Or you can receive it. And when you receive it, who are you giving the glory to? And who? Jesus Christ. You're saved by, through faith, in who? You're saved by, through, in. See, when you then say, I receive this, you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now you understand the gospel personally. You have to share that with other people. Put up the scripture, please, for me, sir. Back again to Ephesians. I put it in my words. We're going to look at it in the Bible's words again and then see if now this is making better sense to you. For it is, let's read it together. One, two, three. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Let's just stop right there. Now go back to our definition. And let's see if every person here, whether you're in elementary school or whether you're getting senior discounts when you go out, to eat. My mama just turned 70 this year. Let's give it up for my mama. She's here. One of the golden girls. One of the golden girls. <laughs> I got the mic, mom. You can't get it. 
The gospel is defined, just listen to see if it makes sense to what you just read. The gospel is defined as the good news concerning God's glory and humanity's salvation. And if you want to hear the word gospel, you go to Mark 1.15. We just don't have time to get to it, but here it is. By the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you all wanting to share that with somebody today? Do you want to share with somebody today that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life? It's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel defined. Now let's understand the nature of the gospel. Like when you uh, hear the gospel being preached, what does it do? What evidence does the gospel bring with it? Because there's a lot of uh, competing uh, messages today, you know? There's a lot of religious figures today. There's a lot of books and there's a lot of self-help motivational things you can go to to try to better your life. But the gospel in its nature is something different than any words that man can speak from any religion that's ever been developed from Buddha to Harry Krishna, to Muhammad. There is something unique about this gospel. Go to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. And I want you to see the nature of the gospel. The nature of the gospel. When this gospel shows up, what does it affect and what does it do? Look at what Paul said again. Look at what he said. Romans Chapter 1, 16. He said, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. Oh, excuse me, verse 16. That's verse 17. Look at verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the what? What is it? Come on. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the... And what is it for? The salvation. For who? Everyone who believes. We're going to do another word play. It is the what? For what? For who? See, there you go. It is what? For what? For who? There you go. By nature, it is the power of God. We have people that will watch a man in tights zip around with a little soft hairdo and we call him Superman. Superman, here I am. I'm Superman. I'm wearing tights. And we're like, you're so super. You're so super duper. Look at you. You can fly. You can do stuff. You can, you can stop a nuclear bomb. Let me tell you somebody that's super. How about God? How about the one who created the whole universe? How about the one that said, let there be light, and bang, it happened? How about the one that can cast out demons just with the word? How about the one that can heal sickness just with the word? Do you want that power? Or do you want to play make-believe? See, I want the real power. This generation is looking for power. It wants a power encounter. This generation will wait. They went out at, uh, you know, Thursday night going into Friday morning, 12 a.m. to watch Superman when it was first released in the movie theater, to watch Batman, to, you know, to watch these movies. Our generation wants a power encounter. But here's the deal. All of those things are just myths. All of that 
that is just pretend and make believe. That is no different than you putting a cape on yourself, running in your sandbox, uh, sandbox with your pampers, talking about you're going to go get Lex Luthor. It is plain make believe. But when you preach the gospel, the power of heaven comes to this earth and it is revealed in ways that man can never touch and never have any authority. Only God can change a person's heart. Think about that power. Think about how awesome the power of God is. How many of you have watched movies, but did it change your soul? How many of you have had sex, but did it change your soul? How many of you have experimented with drugs and alcohol? I'm going to keep my hand up here for a minute. How many did it change your soul? How many of you have friends? Did it change your soul? How many of you have ever had money, held money in your hand, payday, whatever? And it, did it change your soul? Did it bring power of transformation? Did it bring a transforming power to the very nature of who you were? I love what Pastor Jordan said yesterday to the youth. It's like we're walking around with this God-shaped hole on the inside of us, and only God can feel it. Fill it. Man's depravity, man's emptiness. I mean, you know, you go to Romans chapter 3, and the Bible says, you know, he, no one seeks good, no one is righteous, not even one. And then this is what it says, misery marks their path and destruction. Anything that you see now that glitters, anything that you see now, uh, you know, like Donald Trump or people making moves, Jay-Z, whatever, whatever you see now, even kings and kingdoms and the, Saudi, the prince of Saudi Arabia and all this, whatever you see now will go up in a moment when Jesus Christ comes back. Go up in fire by his power. But right now, what is the most important thing isn't our jobs. The most important thing isn't our education. It's the transformation of Jesus Christ in our lives. Jesus Christ said it like this. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? So go to our number two, the nature of the gospel. On the notes, please. The nature of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. Is anybody here saved? Does anybody here know they're saved? If you have to ask your neighbor if you're saved, you're not saved. I'm serious. I've been witnessing with people, and they're like, honey, I don't know. Have I done that? No, if you don't know if you've been born again, I know you haven't been born again. If you don't know whether or not you're saved, I know you're not saved. It is the power of God unto salvation. Can movies do that? Can media and entertainment do that? Can education do that? No, only the power of God. And so something supernatural happens when we talk about the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. There is a supernatural power that happens. And I believe when we get to heaven and the veil is taken away from this earth and we can see into the spiritual realm, and God plays back the times that we were on this earth, we will see the real Star Wars. We'll see the real action. The Bible says that when Satan fell out of heaven, he took with him a third of an innumerable amount of angels. That means number that we couldn't count. With the eye, you could probably see from a perspective, 100 million, 200 million, who knows how many you could see possibly with the eye. But John says he saw a number he couldn't count. 
Then it says that when Satan took a third of the angels, they fell and became demons. And when Jesus walked the earth, that there was a time Jesus met a man that had a legion of demons. So there was one man that the devil was so upset with, so wanting to afflict this man, that he put 5,000, a legion, comes from Roman army, put 5,000 demons in one man. Now think about this. If Satan has this many demons, that he can put 5,000 in one man, what do you think demons are trying to do to you and I every day? What do you think evil spirits are trying to do to our world? I believe when this world is over and the spiritual world is all we know and see, he'll play back human history. He'll play it back. And he'll say, guys, you want to know what was really going on when you were out there? There were warring angels over Humble Park because as you were speaking the word, thousands of demons were being destroyed in heavenly places. Principalities, kings in high places were being knocked off of their thrones. When you were sitting and talking to one person, there were wars and battles going on just for that one person. And the word of God was like a sword blazing brighter than the sun, like fire shooting through youth, shooting into them, setting them free, cutting off the chains. We will understand that power in the gospel isn't a joke and isn't a game and everything we see now with power from nuclear bombs to movies good versus evil is all but a shadow compared to what the gospel does in people's lives what is at stake is the souls of men and women and angels fallen from heaven as demons are fighting against the powers of heaven so what is the nature of the gospel? The nature of the gospel is power. Number three, how is this good news, this grace through faith in Christ Jesus spread? I want you to turn with me quickly to Romans 10, 9 through 17. If I can equip you in one day to know the gospel for the rest of the days of your life, is today worth it? Let me just ask you that again. If I can equip you today in one hour, to have you now know the gospel for all the days of your life. Was this one hour worth it? Right? This is worth it. How many want your children to go to heaven, parents? How many want your friends to go to heaven? Right? This is important. We need to know this. This is passionate for Jesus Christ. This is the very nature of why he died, the reason why he died. Look at how the gospel is spread. Romans 10, 9 through 17. Therefore, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So here we just see the same thing by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. How are we saved? By what? Grace through what? And who? Christ Jesus. Same thing. Now keep going. It says, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, skipping down a few verses. So if we need to understand this gospel message is by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, then people need to hear about it, right? So this is what it says. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? So if somebody doesn't believe in Jesus right now, how can they call on him to receive by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, his message, his salvation, that power? They can't. They have to hear about it. Tug on your ear. Tug on your neighbor's ear. Come on, say they have to hear about it. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
How can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone, what's the word there? Without someone preaching to them. What I'm doing right now is a form of preaching. But what you do when you talk to your coworker is also preaching. The word preach just simply means to proclaim. When you talk to your fellow student in school, you're just proclaiming. When you talk to someone today at Boricua Fest, you're just proclaiming. You're just simply telling them what the gospel is. That is preaching. By definition, that is preaching. So the the, uh, writer here, Paul, is saying this gospel is so powerful, it will change people's lives. If they hear about it and put their faith in it, they'll receive the grace of Christ and they'll be changed. But how can they do that unless somebody preaches to them? Now look at this, and how can they preach unless they are sent? Come on, unless they are, would you put up our vision for us, please? This church is built on a vision that comes from the Bible, and that is very clear for everybody to understand. Even if a church doesn't have it the way we have it, every good church will do this. Because gospel preachers must be sent so the gospel can be preached. If Jesus wanted to use angels, he would have. He would have said, you guys just sit on your holy hind, hind, hindquarters and I'll just send forth angels and they'll just come down into Boricua Fest, you know, do like some like Tinkerbell thing and fairy dust and then boom, they'll land on the ground, do some like dance together like a Disney movie. And then after they do, ta-ta, then they'll say, okay, now receive Jesus. But he didn't say the angels were going to come down and do a light show with some fairy dust, did he? He said the gospel message will be sent through preachers. But they themselves have to be what? Sent. Connect, mentor, send. I plug into the cross. I know the cross. Now I share the cross. I connect and I plug into Jesus. And then I get taught about Jesus. The very first thing Jesus said to his disciples was, hey, come and follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Jared, who was in charge of our evangelistic ministry, went evangelizing before he was even saved. Then he eventually got saved, went to Bible college, now he's a pastor, and he's in charge of evangelism. But why was it biblical for this man to come evangelizing with me before he was even saved? Because that's what the Bible said. Jesus said to his disciples, hey, guys, come follow me. And the whole point, while we're together for three years, is just for me to send you out. Well, what if I'm a Judas and I want to steal money and don't want to do it? Well, you can hang yourself if you want, but I'll teach the rest. What if, what if we feel like quitting? What if we deny you? Well, I won't deny you. I'll come and find you until you put call block on my number and then block me on Facebook. That's just me. But I'll come after you. That's just what they do to me. That's okay. Jesus has to deal with being blocked on Facebook. Like, I thought we were friends. Like, why, why, why can't I find them anymore? Nancy, are you their friend? Yeah, I'm their friend. Oh, I got blocked again. Got blocked. What can I do? Connect, mentor, send. So what's happening? We're connecting people to the cross. So if you're here today and you're like, man, I'm, I don't even really know the gospel. Well, you're hearing the gospel right now. You can connect to it. You can get saved at an outreach. Wouldn't it be the first time I've seen people get saved at an outreach? Happens all the time. Then you get mentored. And and most of you here are saved and you're getting mentored. You're just learning the Bible. Okay, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And then send. We send you now to take the cross to other people. Doesn't that just make sense? Because why do we want to send you out? So that others can hear the gospel. Please put up the notes. Good, sir. Let's give it up for Andrew in the back. Come on. My technical DJ. 
So how is the gospel spread? The gospel is spread by preaching. And who do you think is supposed to do that? Point to who do you think is supposed to do that? Don't be pointing at me. Come on. Who do you think is supposed to do that? Point to yourself. You are to spread the gospel. If you had a cure for a disease and your friend had it, would you share the cure with them? If you had a cure for cancer, would you give it to every cancer patient? You and I are carrying around in us the testimony, the eyewitness that God has already saved our lives by the gospel. We are now to take this message, this cure to man's disease, his sin problem, and give it to them. We're just to give it to him. Give them the message. Well, what is the message? Well, just go back up just in case we forgot the message. Scroll up to number one, sir. Here's the message that you're giving to everybody. The salvation is by what? Through what? In who? By what? Through? In? That's what you're sharing. You're sharing that to people. Okay, let's go to number four. Let's go to number four. Because right now, somebody might be thinking to themselves, man, I don't know if I got to do all that. Now go on. I love Jesus. I come to church. I raise my hands. I read my Bible. I got a Christian bumper sticker now on my car. Or I wear this shirt. I'm doing my thing. I don't think I need to be a part of outreaches. Or I don't need to preach to my friends. Or I don't need to continue this after an outreach. Like Jordan is getting the revelation. We can continue this everywhere. Somebody may be here today. And you may think to yourself, it's not my responsibility to always preach and share the gospel. This is the penalty of not sharing the gospel. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. There is a penalty and there is a punishment. Since we are not saved by good works, you can be saved and not preach to somebody. But as D.L. Moody said, we would question really your salvation. If you don't love the lost, we question whether or not you've ever been found, whether you've ever been saved, because it's a command of God. But if you wanted to walk the line and try to get away with as much as you want uh, and say, well, I just want to break as many commands as I want and see if I can get to heaven, well, then you could try that. I'm not going to come to God on Judgment Day and have him tell me I messed up while I was here on earth, but I can still come to heaven. I want to go to heaven and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's the place I prepared for you and the rewards for your faithful service. For you were faithful with little, and now I've given you much. I don't want to be the guy on judgment day that gets no reward. And all the things that I did gets burned up. All the money I saved, all the education, he puts it as a pile right in front of me, sets it on fire, purifies it, and there's nothing left. But then somebody who's preached the gospel and been faithful has gold and reward and treasures in heaven. That's what the Bible says. Are you understanding? There's rewards in heaven. There's a judgment by fire in heaven. Your life will be tested. What you did here will be tested. And if all you did was care about your four and no more, your family and your job and my this and my this and this and that, the Bible says he'll put it before him and it will burn up that you'll have nothing to show for your life. And the Bible says some of those people will only be saved by the very skin of their teeth because God is merciful, and they did trust in him. He will save them because he wishes none to perish. But then Paul talked about on that day of judgment that as works are tested by fire, there'll be gold and silver remaining in people's lives. 
And these will become rewards and treasures. See, you'll be in heaven a lot longer than you're here. And so if you stored up all your treasures here, when you get up to heaven, none of those things will matter. You see, you could be the richest person in this world. You could have all the money in the world, but when you go to heaven, none of that matters. And so you can look at it like this. We'll all receive a crown on Judgment Day to reflect the kind of life that we live. And so if all you did in this world was just get by and just try to go to church and make it all about you and you were barely saved the whole time you were here and had to come to the altar every week to get born again, again, and again, and you were always one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus, and you finally get to heaven and all your works are burned up, and he goes, Here's your crown, this Burger King crown, made of paper. Here you go. And then all of a sudden an angel flies by, and your crown flies off your head. Oh, let me go get that thing. I don't want to be that guy walking around heaven with a Burger King crown. I want to be that guy that after they've loaded up that crown, he has to call two and three angels. Gabriel, we need your help here to lift this up for Joe. We need your help here. Boop, boop. Back up, guys. Come on. Yes. Now you're saying to yourself, well, Joe, you're just going to be all proud with your crown. No, because here's the point. The Bible says crown him with many crowns. See, for all of heaven in eternity, what we do is we take our lives represented in that crown and we cast it at his feet. And we say, you are so awesome on this earth. You changed me. And this is my life reflected in your glory. And I just want to give it to you. I want to give you every sacrifice I ever made. I want to give it to you. And this person with the Burger King crown is going to say, I want to give it to you. And then it's going to blow it back. I want to give it to you. Blow it back. I want to have something to give Jesus that represents my obedience to him. What is the penalty if I don't preach? Look at what the penalty is. Put up the scripture, sir. The penalty is very simple. Woe unto me, Paul said here, if I do not preach the gospel. Why would he say woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel? Because he understood that there would be a judgment day that God would hold him accountable. Now, I know we talk, you know, just did this little joke thing about the Burger King crown, but let me give you the serious example. Some of you might have seen it in skits before. You're in judgment day, and he's giving you your crown, whatever it is, he's giving it to you. And then your friends begin to come forward, the people you didn't preach to. And they begin to perish. And they begin to cry back out to you, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me about the gospel? The Bible says that this will also happen. There will be a day when things get tested by fire, and then there will be a day where we see the world that we knew, the things that we were accountable. Remember, when we get to heaven, time is no more. We'll be there for a while. They give a perspective in the Bible of what time is like up there. A thousand years to us down there is just like a day to them. You will be up there for a long time, so you're not going to be like, oh, I can't wait to get court over with. No, judgment time will go on for a while. And so you'll be able to see every person you did not share the gospel with if they go to hell. And, and the Bible says that he will say, look at your hands. And if you were responsible for preaching the gospel to them, blood will be on your hands. And you will weep and howl for your regret of what you did. See, a lot of times people don't understand in the judgment why he wipes away every tear. You remember it says wipes away every tear from their eye? What do you, you know, a lot of times people just think that's, you know, that's just crying for joy. I just love you, Jesus, so much. And he just wipes away. That's okay, Dito. I love you. No, I love you so much. 
No, 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 no. no you know, know what those tears are? That's watching your mom go to hell. That's watching your sister go to hell. That's watching your neighbor go to hell. You will be weeping and howling. There will be a groaning that will come from all of us. And for those that are looking at blood on their hands, there'll be a weeping and groaning. And then let me tell you this. Job talks about it. Isaiah talks about it. And here's the thing that should really help you understand what judgment day will be like. If your mother did not know Christ, your brother, your wife, your child, they will go into punishment. He will wipe the tears from your eyes, and by doing that, he will wipe their memory from off of your heart. Because how could you be in heaven forever knowing somebody you love is an eternal fire? Could you really enjoy that? Like right now, if we just went to my house and I set Salvador on fire and we just started hanging out, like, could you really just have a good time? Like, ah, he's just, no, it's just Salvador. I just set him on fire over there in the corner. He's just, he's just screaming. He's going to be all right. Could you really enjoy heaven knowing that people have perished and are eternally in hell? So the idea here that we see in Isaiah in Job is that when the tears are being wiped away, so is their memory from off the face of the earth and in your heart. Just like your sins will be as far as the east is from the west, you won't remember it anymore. You won't remember your lost loved one. And Job goes so deep as to say this, that the mother will forget her womb. She'll forget her own child. The mother will not be in heaven going, oh, I wish so-and-so was here. I wish my son was here. I wish my daughter was here. They'll be forever in the glory and the bliss of heaven, and they'll never think of that person ever again while that person is in a conscious state of torment forever. Do you want to accept that penalty? Let's go to the definition. Number four. The penalty of not sharing the gospel is woe and blood upon the Christian's hands. Acts 20, 26. Jared, get it ready, and I want you to come up here and read it out loud real quick. When we do not preach the gospel, there will be woe and blood on our hands. How many right now have a family member that doesn't know Jesus? How many, when I said that example to you, you just thought, I want to go preach to him right now? That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be compelled. Would you get your Bible and get ready to read it, please? I'll read it. It's already up here. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Why are you innocent, Paul, and why are you using that language? Well, that comes from Ezekiel. Well, Ezekiel says that the blood of people's souls will be on your hands as a prophet if you don't share that message. Paul then says, I'm innocent of people's blood. Why are you innocent? For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Did Paul hesitate? Did he proclaim partial of the will of God or all of it? So you may say to somebody, well, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I smile. Look, Jesus loves you. That's not all the will of God. All the will of God is not just Jesus loves you. There's another side. Jesus will judge your sin. Jesus sent his son to die for you. There is a hell to pay and a heaven to gain, and it's by faith you make your choice or unbelief. Do you understand? You are to be like Paul, not to hesitate to proclaim the will of God to everyone. Now let's go to number five. Number five, the four main parts of the gospel. And I won't look up these scriptures, but I want you to be able to understand this. Quickly, the four main parts of the gospel. Everybody say four parts. There's God, man, Jesus, 
and faith. God, man, Jesus, and faith. God, he creates the world. Man, he falls into sin. Jesus, he dies for man's sin. Faith is how we receive salvation. There it is. So if you want to understand the gospel that we are preaching in a little bit more of a defined way, here it is. God created the world. We fell into sin. Jesus died for our sins. Our faith in him now makes the difference. What would you rather do? Preach the gospel to somebody or go to a Christian concert? Can you do both? Yes, you can. But what would you rather do? What would you rather have? A million dollars or a soul going to heaven? What would you rather your children do? Get a a scholarship to Harvard or know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? What do you want Chicago to know? The Hawks are going to win the, the, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup or for them to know Jesus Christ? What do you want this nation to have? More money and jobs or have a heart of repentance towards its maker? So you decide that. You decide that. And it's not just today. When we do outreaches like this, what we do is we get us all together in a big holy huddle and we say, come on, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, I, you love Jesus, I love Jesus. Yeah, and you know what? If I ever forget, I get to look at my shirt because my shirt says I love Jesus and then it reminds everybody else I love Jesus and then what are we going to do today? We're going to tell everybody about how much we love Jesus. So we get together in these holy huddles to go out for one day to do this thing. But you know what? There's people, my generation, that go out to Tough Mudder one day, put on shirts, I'm a Tough Mudder, and go run around in mud and do obstacle courses. There's people that you know for one day go out to Six Flags, Great America. There's people that you know for one day will go to a seminar for their business. Hey, hey, Bob, we're we're, uh, increasing productivity around here. Boss wants us to go to a seminar. St. Louis, you coming? Yeah, I'll be there one day. You all tracking with me? This one day cannot define your life. What do you do the other days? How do you think about the gospel the other days? What does it mean to you? This rah-rah shish-goomba, we all get together. I've done over a 100 of them from Mardi Gras to Teen Mania to in other countries. What we do right now is equip you so that we can go out with you to see how you do it. So it's like, okay, man, we're going to teach you how to do this, and you're kind of scared, and we're going to help you get over the fear, and like, man, you can do it. And then, you, you know, you'll be, you know, holding up a sign, you know, that says, we'll pray for you, we'll pray for you. And then somebody will come and say, you're going to pray for me? And you'll be like, no, but they will. And then, and, then, and then by the end of the day, I'll be like, yeah, you could do it, man. Come on, you're the little engine that could. You can do it. And by, and by the end of the day, you'll be like, I'll pray for you. And then we'll all hand clap and be like, oh, look at little Johnny. Little Johnny was afraid to pray for somebody. But now they pray for somebody. That's so awesome. Right? That's what we do. But why do I do that? Because now the point is, tomorrow when you go home or tonight or wherever, and you're with your mom or your dad or your husband or your wife or your coworker, and they say something about their life, you see it as an open door to do that, which you did here today, right there. Man, life sucks right now. My wife and I are going through so, so much. Dude, can I pray for you? I, I've been practicing. I did it. I did it out there. I think I can do it here. 
And, and, and there's this, this message I'm supposed to give you. You know why everything's messed up? It's because we messed it up. Yeah, and God sent Jesus so he could fix it up. Yeah, do you want to put your faith in Jesus? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's put our life in Jesus' hands. Let's go. Let, let go and let God. Number six, are you guys ready for the closing? Number six, the methods for opening the door to share the gospel. And I just went through the whole gospel of Mark. Now, what does the word gospel mean when it talks about the gospel of Mark, gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Is we're saying this is how Jesus preached his own message. The word Acts, when we look at the book of the Bible, Acts, is the Acts of the Apostle. We get to see how the Apostles did it. So when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the book of Acts, you know what you get is a pattern to how they preached the gospel. Sometimes they preached it like this in front of a lot of people. Sometimes they did it one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes they did it while they gave about food and help the poor. Sometimes they did it and prayed for the sick and the sick got healed. Sometimes they did it at big events. Sometimes they did it at small home Bible studies. And so what I did, just to pick out one out of the five, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are four Gospels, and the fifth recording is the book of Acts of the disciples. So four of them talk about Jesus. One talks about the disciples of Jesus. So there's five places you can look for a pattern. Is everybody with me? So it's like, I don't know how to preach the Gospel. Read the Bible! You understand? I read the Bible. Well, I don't know if I can do it because I'm pretty weak and sometimes I get scared and I wet myself and pee on myself. That's how I do it sometimes. Some people have to change my diapers. Okay, well, there's power in the gospel. And when you get the gospel, you'll have power. And the power of God will go through you. Amen? Here they are, just from one out of the five examples we can see in the Bible of how to do it. You all ready? I'm just going to go through them quickly. You can preach the gospel by casting out demons. Cast out a demon, like you meet somebody, oh, I got a demon. Go in Jesus' name. Got a message to share with you now. By the grace of Christ, through faith, you can be saved. Do you want to put your trust in Jesus? I want to see demons cast out today. How many want to see that? Amen. You will see that today if the Lord gives you that opportunity. Demons run in Jesus' name. Number two, performing miracles. How many want to see the sick healed? Blinded eyes open. People take off their glasses, man. I just want to be healed, Jesus. Come on, start in me. I love that. I've prayed for people, and I get healed while I'm praying for them. It's like they didn't have faith, but I had faith. And, like, Jesus like, I'll heal your cold. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I mean, Jesus shows up. Guess what? The same one who healed you now wants to save you. Now, some people think, well, if they got healed, they're automatically saved. No, they're not. There was a ton of people that got healed in the Bible, but they weren't saved. Because you can receive a miracle and not be saved. Not everybody who receives a miracle is a child of God. Sharing meals together. We're going to be giving out food today. Is anybody getting about hungry? All right. You got about another hour till we get out there. You can have the food. We got the, uh, the rice, Puerto Rican rice called arroz con cantules. So we got the rice we give out there. We've got the hot dogs. We got a lot of good things to eat. And guess what? While you're eating, while they're eating with the mouth full of food, just be like, you know, Jesus loves you. Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, man, he, want, he wants you to come, you know, come into your life. You know, just nod if you want me to pray. You know, and while they got a mouth full of food, just be like, Jesus, save them. Why? Because we gave them some food. They stopped and ate. I remember uh, last year, a guy got, uh, he, he's, he was drunk and partly demon-possessed, more drunk or demon-possessed, I don't know which one, but history remembers it, and he was just just totally being crazy, man, and um, 
I just remember he was yelling and screaming, just acting crazy. And one of the uh, guys we were ministering to was like a bodybuilder, you know, ran up to this crazy guy. And he was like, you leave these guys alone because they're preaching the gospel. They're giving away free food and they're here to help us. This guy didn't even know us from Adam. But he defended us to a guy that was screaming at us, and I think it was because he was mentally ill, and you could talk to Ish about what set him off. I don't know what it was, but that's okay. Ish brought it out of him. Um, But it was so amazing to see this bystander run up and be like, you leave these guys alone. See, people will know when we're, they know when we're sharing meals, we're playing music, they understand we're there because we love them. But we're not just there going to give them food. We want to give them the gospel. We don't just say, now here's your water, go about your way on your way to hell with your thirst quenched. Here's, here's your arroz con condules, you're going to hell with a full belly. No, we want to now say, here's the gospel message. And if they say, oh man, are you just trying to trick me and get me here to gospel? Yes, 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 yes. What, what else do I have to do? Do, do I need Adam to dance? We'll have him dance. I mean, what do I, you know, I'll do anything but sin. Anything but sin to get you to stop and hear the gospel. It does, it does not bother me. We'll play music. We'll have a clown come out. We're doing massages today. Pedicure. I'll do anything. Just stop and let me preach to you. Amen? Sharing meals. Telling parables. When you're talking to somebody, you know, heaven, hell, sometimes hard to understand. So what do you do? You tell them a story about a Burger King crown, and you let them understand one day their life's going to be judged. And they laugh and giggle a little bit, but then they understand it, right? You tell a parable. You get people to see the point. You give them examples, like the Christmas gift. Remember the Christmas gift? So Jesus told parables all the time. And guess who he was hanging around? He was hanging around farmers. So what was his example? Well, there was a farmer who did this. There was a farmer who did this. And there was seed that did this. And there's a vine that does this. It was amazing. I was in India, and I was, like, preaching from the Bible with these parables. And all of a sudden, like, I, I just, like, looked around, and I'm like, Dude, I'm in a village, and there's a guy sowing rice right over here. He's, like, planting rice. And I'm like, like, that guy plants rice. We're planting the word of God in you. I'm being 100% serious. And all of a sudden, they're like, yes. I, I did not, I'm being, Adam, am I telling the truth? We were not connecting, and Adam started doing it too. He started pointing to different examples. And, and, and so what you do is you point to examples that they understand in the city. You, you give them things to think about, you know? You give them examples that they can understand. Let's go to the next one, meeting needs. Teen Challenge is a part of, uh, we represent Teen Challenge. Jared goes there uh, as a job and works there. If we meet any homeless person or on drugs, we can bring them to Teen Challenge. Where's Jared at? Uh, Jared, go get him for me, please, wherever he's at, because I want him to be able to share this with you at some point. There's Jared. Raise your hand. We have an ability to get people into a homeless shelter. We have a girl's home, New Life House for Girls, and Teen Challenge for Guys. And it just says teen, but it's really for any age. So we can say to homeless people, come off the streets, get off your drugs, and we'll drop you off. And I don't know if it's it's still something that they have, but uh, what I was told by the last director is I could drop them off at any time. But Jared and I will talk. We have to get them the next day. We will. We give out clothes. We give out uh, groceries. We do so many different things. Today, we can offer that, and we can do that good thing for them and help them out. And while we do that, we can preach the gospel. So what do I say to a homeless person? Here's some money because you're going to meet homeless people out there. 
No, what do I say to a homeless person? You hungry? We got some food. You want to get off the streets? We got Teen Challenge. That sounds like Jesus to me. But then what I say to him after that is, whether or not you have the food and whether or not you go to Teen Challenge, you need Jesus. Let's get saved today. I brought in over 30 homeless people into my house, fed them and clothed them, and I've had some of them leave flicking me off, cussing me out while they're wearing the clothes that I gave them. But it didn't stop me from preaching to them. Next one, rebuking sin. When you're preaching to somebody, sometimes they don't think they need Jesus. They may say to you, you know what, that's for somebody else. Dude, I'm pretty good. You know, I got my kids. We're just hanging out. We're doing good. And I like to have the groups always have at least one girl and one guy, right? So the guy's there with his family. He says, man, I'm doing good. I just say to the lady, just talk to the mom for a minute. I go, man, just, come on, just talk to me. You ever look at porn? Yeah, don't tell my wife. You're an adulterer at heart, sir. You ever lust at these women out here? The Bible says you're sinning. Let me be very clear with you. You will go to hell, and you will not be a good dad to these children without Christ in your life and your marriage. You say, oh, pastor, that's harsh. But you see, he had self-righteousness. He thought that he could just come to us like we were giving him like dessert at the end of his meal. And he could say, ah, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't know, man. Come back. Come back. You know, I don't know if I need Jesus right now. I had some yesterday trying to cut back. I always say that to people. Hey, do you got time to talk about Jesus? And they go, no, man, I'm busy. I'm like, you're cutting back on Jesus? Giving him a break? Gets people to think. Well, no, no, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, are you really okay? Let me go through the top three that are the biggest for me. Men, adultery of the heart. How are you with your eyes, sir? How are you with your words? Are you saying things you ought not to say? And then, sir, what are you doing with your time, your talent, and your money? What are you doing with these things? Because the Bible says this is the root to evil. Have you loved God or have you loved money? You give me any man, I don't care if it's President Obama or one of these guys on the Blackhawks team, you give me three questions to him, and he will know within 30 seconds whether or not he is right with God. Why? Because when you go to a doctor, he doesn't just pat you on the back and go, hey, you're okay. You know, you go to a doctor and you got a little stomach pain, right? You go there. Does the doctor just look at you and go, man, you look good. You're looking good, man. Let me see the picture of your family. Oh, man, you got a great-looking family. And what do you do for a living? Oh, you work, you work downtown. Well, you know what? You must be healthy. You look healthy. You got a great smile and family. You got some, oh, let me look out the window. Oh, you drove that car? Oh, of course you're fine. Pat, pat. Is that what the doctor does? If you come in there and you're black, does the doctor have a different way of examining you? How about if you're white? Does he have a different way of examining you? Is racism a situation when it comes to preaching the gospel? So if we're going to Puerto Ricans, does it matter? If we go to India, doesn't matter. If we go to women, doesn't matter. If we go to men, doesn't matter. If we go to young, uh, young women and men, teenagers, does it matter in the human soul when a doctor looks at a white person, a black person, a male or female, and they're looking for cancer, they're looking for sickness, they're looking for AIDS, they're testing for disease. It is the same test for the most part. You know, women, men, different tests. But now imagine that doctor says, oh, I see something inside of you in this x-ray or in my examination, and you are sick. And most of you know, like me, we don't like doctors. We don't listen to what they say. We think we're smarter than them, right? 
How many times has a doctor told you to do something you didn't do it? I mean, how many times has a doctor said, listen to me, you take this twice a day and you do it for 10 days. And how many of you know you just took it for like three or four days and you were all right, you just stopped taking that? That's how we do it, right? No, no, don't use your arm. Don't use your arm. Don't, don't, don't use your arm. You come back the next week. Did you use your arm? Yeah, I used my arm. We don't listen. We don't. Let's just be honest. We don't listen. So then what does the doctor have to do to a patient? He, he has to go, no, 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 no. Let, let me explain this to you. Like with uh, Jared's cousin. Let, let me explain this to you. You don't do this, you die. You don't take this, you die. You do this, you live. Let me get that across to you. You do this, you live. You don't do this, you die. How many know that's a good doctor if it was something serious? When you're talking to people about sin, you need to have them understand these things that God gave as Ten Commandments are not ten suggestions, and one of them is not to covet another man's wife. And then in the New Testament, Jesus said, coveting another man's wife is the sin of lusting in your heart. So when I go through those Ten Commandments, covetousness of the heart, going through his lies and what he says and deceit, and then putting things before God, his idolatry, has this man or woman always put God first in their life? We can expose their heart just like that, rebuking sin. As you can see, I like that one. Number seven, ministering to the children. Couldn't have been such a different one from that one, right? Rebuking sin, ministering to children. Children, ninos and ninas. We're going to do face painting. We're going to give them some candy. We got jump rope. What am I forgetting, uh, Sue Ellen? We got jump rope, candy, face painting. What else we got for them? Hula hoops. Bubbles. Yes. Everybody go bubbles. So now look. Joe's over here rebuking the dad about sin, and you're sitting here playing with the little one. Bubbles. That's awesome, right? Because that's what we do. That's exactly what's one of our techniques is we have the children just go over here and get face painted. And I go, Dad, let me talk to you for a minute. You know Jesus? Oh, yeah, I go to church. What church you go to? Saint Mother of Holy Trinity. We've got to talk. We've got to talk about this. Let's, let's check, see how you're doing with that. You ever pray to them saints? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible said don't put anything before him. That's idolatry, sir. You ever lust in your heart? Yeah. So I'll be doing that and you guys play with the children. Amen. Next one. Here we go. Ministering to the children, giving people the cost of discipleship. There are some people you will meet out here. The Puerto Rican people are an amazing people. Some of the nicest people I've ever met. I believe this is my eighth or ninth year. I just forget now how many years we've been doing it, but I just love them so much, man. We have such a good time out there. So much fun. Everybody just, you're going to love them. And uh, a lot of the people have a God-fearing nature. Puerto Rico, a lot of great churches, a lot of great Puerto Rican churches in Chicago, like on fire, great churches. So you'll meet a ton of people who are Christians, and you can go through the whole gospel, like by grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, and they'll be like, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. And you might even say, like, are you sinning and doing this? And they're like, no, man, I'm, 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 doing, I mean, I'm obeying the commands, you know. Well, what do you say? You just pat them on the back and they keep, keep obeying commands. No, you need to make sure they're a disciple of Jesus Christ and go, hey, well, let's just see. Have, have you denied yourself, picked up your cross, and started following Jesus? Have you chosen Jesus' path for your life over your idea 
Because you can be a Christ follower on your own path for your own dreams, your own plans, and not be doing what God has said for your life. Anybody here ever deal with that? You ever been a Christian in church, but you weren't being obedient to God's plans for your life? It wasn't like you were sinning. It wasn't like you were raping and pillaging. But maybe your marriage wasn't right. Maybe you just weren't at the right school. Maybe your dating relationship wasn't with the right person. Maybe you weren't being faithful to church. Maybe you weren't being in your life group. And so what we remind them is the cost of being a disciple. Hey, man, let me just encourage you real quick. I'm glad you're living for God. I'm glad you're keeping his commands. But let me just encourage you. Get involved in your church. Be a disciple that makes disciple. Get involved in a life group. It was so awesome. It was uh, uh, Ishmael's cousin, uh, no, brother-in-law, right? He works over there at, uh, what is it, Mama Luna's? Yeah, he's a chef over there. He came out. He was talking to me, and, and he was like, I love God. I don't rape, pillage, or steal. And he's like, I'm on fire, and I'm just doing the best I can. And I said, but are you making disciples? Oh, no, no, pastor. Uh, my church doesn't do that. We'll talk to your pastor and see if he'll do it. Long story short, and I've been seeing it, they started a Bible study in their house, and then they must have talked to their pastor. Is that what happened, or they just started a Bible study? Woo, give it up. And I'm not saying I take the credit. That goes all to God. But Ishmael was challenging them. And I believe, and, and we can hear the story later, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I believe that was like the last straw on the back because he came to me, and he was about ready to leave the church. And he was like, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, you go back to the pastor, and you ask if you can make disciples and do Bible studies. And now they're doing it. So what do we do? We do just what Jesus did. Peter wasn't slanging dope and pimping hoes. Peter was out following the right way of being a Jew. But Jesus said to him, there's a better life for you than this. Come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Amen? Sorry for saying that last word. I shouldn't have said that. Um, pimping prostitutes. He wasn't pimping prostitutes. Serving. Our brother said it today, serving. Some of you may not be always able to preach. But you may be the one handing out the hot dogs because we need people cooking the hot dogs and handing them out, cooking and handing them out, cooking and handing them out. And you're just like, man, I don't know what's going on. But you see somebody's working there with you, and they're preaching to the one you're handing that hot dog to. But if we don't hand that hot dog to somebody, then we won't be able to preach to them. So by you serving, you're playing a part of the picture. And what you'll notice is sometimes there's not a lot of people there. So you gave a guy a hot dog, and he's just kind of sitting there eating it. And you could be like, so what do you think about Jesus? What do you think about that guy? Let's talk about him for a minute. You can talk about Jesus. Next one, debate and confrontation. Woo, woo. We debate. We confront. Paul did it on Mars Hill. Last year we had some sign guys out there that were really angry at sinners, and they started calling our women names and all types of stuff because it was they're like fanatical, weird people, legalistic people. And I started debating them. They put me on YouTube debating them. But I ain't scared. I am not scared. Places around this country and in the world, in England, I believe it's Hyde Park, people go publicly to debate ideas. And I've gotten to public debates on the street. I was at uh, Devon Street down here in a Muslim area. And uh, Jared, I don't know if he was there that day, but you remember when that guy came? And all of a sudden, more we were debating, more and more came. And before you know it, there was about 20 Muslims all in that area. And one was their main speaker, and I was the speaker. We weren't yelling, having a holy war, but we were disseminating information one to another, debating the truth of Jesus Christ. We're not scared. Jesus wasn't scared. Jesus was able to use philosophical methods as well as the boom shakalaka method, okay? And lastly here, Sharing about the end times. A lot of people have their heart and mind set on the end times. You can use that as a way to go into the gospel. You know who's using this 
uh, a tactic right now to share the gospel, Jehovah Witnesses. If you ever look at the Watchtower magazine they're, they're holding, a lot of times it's like a magazine cover, and it says, are we living in the end times? Twin Towers, you know. Are we living in the end times? You know, Benghazi. And they do that to draw people in because a lot of people are thinking about the end times. Two comedies just came out this uh, summer to mock the end times. The guy from the office is in one of them. You know, the end of days or whatever, mocking the end times. People know the message, but they don't know the severity and the reality of it, so we need to preach it to them. Now, I want to close with this, verse 7. I asked you to get ready for the closing, but now here's the closing. You all ready? Look at number 7. Scroll up here for me, please. Here's how you need to know what method to use. And Jared, would you give me the board up here quickly, please? Thank you. How to know what method to use. I just gave you 11 different methods. How will you know what method to use? The Holy Spirit will guide you, comma, and your pastor today, how to use these different methods. We're going to now give you the choice to be a part of these methods. Jared, would you put a little step, a pep in the step, please? And now look at this illustration right here. I got scriptures for the Spirit leading us, but I want you to see it. Go ahead and put the illustration up, sir. This is a great way to remember what we're doing. Did, did he just take off? You okay back there? Good. Could you scroll that up for me, Steve? Thank you. There we go. Let's give it up for Andrew. Andrew, I love him. He's just like, I'm taking a break. I'm going back there and eat lunch. Oh, you were looking for the mark. Shame on me. Shame on me. Here we go. You plus the Holy Spirit plus the method equal what? Okay. When you go out by yourself, the Holy Spirit will be the one primarily leading you what to do. He'll show you, like, today, man, I just want you to go out and give your coworker a lunch, you know. So you walk up to your coworker, and you're like, hey, man, can I take you out for lunch? I mean, that's a good way to get him to hang out with you, buy him something. Uh, Bertle, can you help? <laughs> can you help Jared with this? God bless you, Jared. God, look at that. It almost looks like it works, right? That's okay. How many know if you bought somebody lunch, they're going to hang out with you? So if you said to somebody, hey, man, let me buy you lunch. Let's hang out. See, God can give you that idea. What if you had a friend that believed something differently? See, I live in a neighborhood with a lot of Indians and Pakistanis, people who are Hindu and Muslim. We're beginning to dialogue with them. So I could say, hey, man, come to my house. Let's read the Quran. Let's read the Bible together. Let's get down. See, that's a confrontation debate setting. My wife right now, goes to the park pretty much every day. It's nice in the summer. She met a wonderful Catholic woman out there that has children, and my wife has been befriending her, saying, hey, come on over to the house. You know, we, we've got the yard. We've got the, you know, all these things in the back. Come on over. And then she came over, and she started talking to her about God, and her heart is so ready. My wife gave her the 101. They're going to be starting Bible studies soon. Why? Because my, God showed my wife to start ministering to the children. Already there's another family that brings their children to our yard. And it's not even the yard itself. They have just as big of a yard as we do. They have this, a lot of the nice things. But already we're being known in the community. We've just moved there. We've only been there for about three or four months. We're being known as the place that the kids want to come and hang out, ministering to kids. 
taking people out for lunch, meeting needs, having a confrontation in a loving way. Maybe your relative's Catholic and say, hey, you know, we were talking, you know, at the, at the, at the Mother's Day thing, and I know Father's Day is coming up. You t see him at Father's Day, and you could be like, you know, you and I, we don't really see eye to eye on this, but, man, let's get together. Let's, let's, let's talk it through. There's so many different ways to do it. Somebody's sick in your family. So here's how it works. You plus the Holy Spirit plus the method equals gospel preaching. Does everybody get that? Okay. Okay, so here's what we're going to be doing today. Here is um, an outline of the park, and I'll try to get out the way. Right here, this main street is called California. California. This one going here is called North Avenue. Okay, this way is east. This way is west. This way is north. This way is south. Okay? So we are going to be here in this corner. There is a sidewalk that runs right along the road here. And then there's a big opening right here, like kind of like a half-moon opening, where people catch the bus and do things. And then there's a sidewalk that runs right down there. So what we're going to do is set up. And one of the churches, that's my friend here in the city, Pastor Mike Pilecki of North Corner Church, they're already there. And he's been telling me that it's been raining, so hopefully it'll stop raining. Okay, so here's the road, North California, and here's the sidewalk. What we're going to do is we're going to set up a tent right here for food, a food tent. So we want people to help serve the food. We're then going to set, set up right here a prayer tent. So we want people to pray, and they have, they have the signs that talk about prayer. Then what we're going to do is we're going to set our speakers right here, one here, one here, and our band right here and what we're going to do on every hour is we're going to have the different teams except for the food because the food's going to keep uh, the food's going to shut down serving the food but the workers are going to stay there to watch the food everybody's going to come and be a part of what we call our rallies and every hour upon every hour we're going to do a rally okay now we then also have people that are involved in the abortion uh, ministry, and they're going to be further down this other main street, which is way further down here, but this is called Division, and they're going to be here. Now, from Division all the way to North, right here, California, we're then going to, oh, excuse me, right here we're going to have the children, a children's tent away from the sidewalks into the grassy area, children, so those can help out with that. Okay? So let me just write down here what you could be a part of. You could be a part of the prayer. You can be a part of the food. You could be a part of the children. Okay, Those have already been picked for the band and skit, have already been decided to do that. We'll talk about your thing in just a second here. Everybody else would do street ministry, which we're going to talk about what that means. And then six, what are you doing? Pedicures and massages. Where's Jerry at? She's on her way now. She got her massage chair. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So it's still raining. Is it raining like right now outside? Dude, see, there was a reason why I went long today. So you guys didn't know. Would you rather be wet or hear me preach? That's, I hope you say preach, right? If not, I'm going to send you out there right now. Go outside. You're done. Okay. Like the Fort Wayne people are like, I want to go out in the rain. No, it's okay. We love Fort Wayne people. They're okay. And then we're going to call this, what is it, Manny Petty Massage Spa? We'll just call it Spa. 
Manny's. Is it cool that I know that name like I say Manny's? You like that? Manny's. I usually get the petties, obviously, you know, because I'm a guy and all nasty feet down there. Okay. Here we go. Six things to choose from. Prayer, food, children, band, skit, street team, spa, Manny. Christopher, spa, Manny. So we're going? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's give it up for Christopher being a part of the spa Manny team. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, oh, abortion, uh, the abortion team. Abortion. Okay, here we go. I really wish you guys could get the signs, right? Yeah, I, but you know the rain thing. Let me ask you a question. If, uh, if you put a clear garbage bag over it yeah but I'm saying if you put a clear garbage bag over it would it protect it I'm just saying why don't we get it by faith and cover it okay let's just do that and we'll get a clear garbage bag because these things man oh they just break your heart has anybody ever seen these abortion pictures where it shows the aborted babies and stuff it breaks your heart but here's the thing Latino community is now surpassing teen pregnancy Used to be African-American, but now surpassing teen pregnancy. And one out of two African-American children die in abortion clinics. Blackgenocide.org. Check it out, blackgenocide.org. And here's the thing. Latinos who have been mostly Catholic, mostly like really not wanting to do that, are starting to follow that trend. You know, it's, So we got to get the mindset of uh, the Puerto Rican community out there. Don't get abortions. Don't get abortions, okay? So that's very important. Does anybody uh, want to stop murdering children here? Okay, so we want to stop murdering children. We have people in this congregation who have had abortions. They have repented for murder. They've been forgiven. But nonetheless, it was murder. And we want to stop murdering of our children, okay? If you had an abortion, you need to repent for the sin of murder. If you were a man and you helped your wife get or girlfriend get one, you need to repent. Okay, so the abortion team will be right here on Division in California. We're then going to have a child team right here, just back in the grassy area. The food team here, the prayer team here. We'll put the Manny Petty, uh, the Manny Spa tent right here, because um, North Corner has a tent, and then we have three tents, right? We have three tents. Where's Sue Ellen at? We have three tents. Okay. What do you need the fourth one for? They have one. So Manny and Petty's is one. Food is two. Child is three. And float table, let's just put in the prayer tent. You know what I'm saying? That's just where we're going to put the flyers and stuff. Okay. So prayer tent, it's going to be over here. Food tent, it's going to be over here. Children's tent, it's going to be over here. Uh, the the, the, the skit team, they just come from uh, the street teams. Wherever they are here, they just come and do the thing. The spa team will be there. The abortion thing will be down there. Okay, now let me just pause here and make sure you guys get this. I don't want any questions right now yet, but I just want to give you a moment to look at it. The majority of us, what we're going to do is we're going to do the street team. Okay, now what we're going to do with street teams is we're going to have you line up down these sidewalks from division all the way here, like these X's right here, all the way down to north, and then a little bit down north. So, I mean, all the way down California. Boom, 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 right here. These are going to be the street teams. 
Can everybody see this on that side? You guys with me? It's pretty simple, right? Okay, now here's the big thing that we need to understand is that on every hour, we're going to come together and do these things. We're going to come together and sing songs, watch a skit, and then hear somebody give a testimony from the speakers. This will happen every hour. It only takes about 15 minutes. So what this does is it gives us all a chance to refresh and regroup. So you're basically going to be like witnessing for 45 minutes, having a break, uh, having a break for 15 minutes. Is everybody tracking with me here? Okay, so it's pretty simple. So you just need to remember team leaders, and I'm going to start giving team leaders right now and start assigning to the teams. You just need to remember that we're coming back at every hour. So whenever we get out there, let's say we get out there like at 12, you know, 12, 10, 12 o'clock, 10 minutes after 12. When would we have our first rally? At what time? Okay, 1 o'clock. And then when would, when would be our next rally? Okay. <laughs> when would be our next one? Come on! Who's having a good time? All right, okay. Okay, so we do that. Everybody, if you're done, Manny Petty, just come and join us. Now, what we do is the band is going to be right here facing out into this corner area. And what we do is we stand in this area, and it's like the concept, a crowd draws a crowd. So we all get together. We start clapping our hands. We sing little songs that we all know. And then people start, like, coming around going, like, what's going on? What's happening out here? You guys look like you're every party. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you got the people coming out doing the salsa thing, you know. And then what we do is then we do a skit. And the skit is uh, Lifehouse. What is it called? Everything. And I think some of the youth here know it. And then people are like, oh, man, that's a powerful skit. And then we just assign different people to come up and testify. And they'll just come up real quick and be like, my name is Deanna. I, I used to do this and that, but Jesus saved my life. And if you want him to save you, he will. And look for people with the T-shirts on because they'll pray for you and tell you how you can accept Jesus. And we'll be like, woo! And then we'll just put up the DJ music again for the next 45 minutes. So when you come together with your team leader to come and do this, what you're doing is like out of the corner of your eyes is you're wanting to look at who's coming around that doesn't have a shirt on, you know, because those are the ones we're going after, okay? And uh, if you don't have a shirt, get a shirt on by faith, $12. You can pay it at any time. Just put it in the offering. And if you don't have the $12, it's a gift from us to you, okay? So let's just make sure everybody has a shirt on, you know, just in case we forget what group you're a part of, you know. Also, we start witnessing to Adam. Be like, what's up, man? You know Jesus? You know Jesus? You want to go to heaven? Come on. Okay. This is how we rock and roll. This is how we do it right here. I'm going to then start listing out team leaders, okay? Now, let me just ask a very specific question. Just for the Metro staff, my staff, Metro Praise, do any of you guys have any questions right now? Because if you all don't get it, we can't explain it to everybody else. But if you guys get it, we can explain it to everybody else. Otherwise, I just don't have time to hear everybody's little question. And I don't understand. Okay, here we go. Prayer 10. Let's get um, Pastor Griselda to be in charge of the prayer tent. Okay? Food is uh, Pastor Mike's team. Pastor Mike. So when you guys just go over there, just be like, hey, I'm here to help out. And if uh, I'm almost thinking we should just count this out. You know what? Let's just count. We don't need it. Who said yes? Yes, let's give it to Pastor Griselda. So we call her Grizzly Bear. 
don't want to. You all didn't come for. You know what I'm saying? You didn't come to hand out a hot dog, man. You all do that at another time, man. You came to preach, so we get you, man. Yeah, we're gonna let them do that. Hand out hot dogs, do all that. That's fine. So we're done with that. But you can eat if you want, okay? Number two, children. Children. Uh, oh, I put prayer twice here. Pastor Griselda. Griselda, can you stand up for the prayer tent? Okay, there she is. Children's ministry is going to be Pastor Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen, can you stand up so everybody can see you? Okay. Band and skit, you guys already know who you are, so we don't need to go through that. Manny Petty team. Um, let's have a pastor over that so we can make sure that that's going good. Pastor Vanessa, yeah. Love it. Okay, Pastor Vanessa will be there. Okay, that's Pastor Vanessa. Um, the abortion thing. Let's have, um, I still want to have Jared be in charge of that. Yeah, let's have Jared be in charge of that. There we go. Come on. Pastor Jared. These are all pastors, by the way. So those of you who are new, these are all pastors here. Okay. Um, did I forget one other than street team? I think that's pretty much it, right? Okay. Street team is Pastor Berto. Let's give it up for Pastor Berto. Where's he at? There he is. This is, uh, for you guys who are new, we call him the Aztec warrior. He, um, he makes every Puerto Rican jealous because I don't think they grow him that tall in Puerto Rico. Eddie, Eddie, you're like our official Puerto Rican guy. Uh, Berto, would you come here and stand up and tell me, do you, do you know any Puerto Ricans that are this tall? <laughs> Come on, Eddie. Are they, did they grow them this tall in Puerto Rico? Not really, right? Yes, I'm asking you. Yes, you're like you're like our Puerto Rican guide to the to the island. This is the Aztec warrior from Mexico. Do they grow them this tall in Puerto Rico? Really? Okay. So the goal is for everybody today out at the Boricua Fest is to see if you can find a taller Puerto Rican. <laughs> Then our Mexicano soldier here. Okay. All right. So right now, I want you guys to think about what place you guys want to be. Okay? Not everybody can be in the prayer tent. Not everybody can be with the children. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody can do each one of these things. So a lot of you will probably be in the street ministry. But I do want to give you guys a chance to pick it out. Okay? I want to give you guys a chance to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to have these team leaders begin to set up little corners here in the church, and you guys are going to get together and pray, and they're going to tell you what they're going to do. For the majority of us who are in the street team, what Berto is going to do is put you in groups of twos and threes, okay? He's going to put a stronger one with a weaker one, a male with a female. And that necessarily may not be women or weak or whatever. Women may be the awesome one. You guys know what I'm saying? So, men, humble yourself and learn from the senorita out there. But he's going to do that. And then simply what he's just going to do when you guys get out there, street team, because majority of us are going to be there. So let's say like, like me and Monique are partners. He's just going to say, go stand over there and witness. So I'm be like, okay, you know, go, you stand here. He's just going to set you guys up when you get out there. It's pretty simple. And then once again, you're going to have somebody that's with you that knows what they're doing. And the very easy way, we do it here for everybody that's new, even from our church. Can we get a flyer real quick, uh, sir? Pastor Eddie Berto. On the back of our flyers, we have the gospel message, real simple, and a way for you to understand. So 
that will help you. And the street team leaders have all of the uh, experience if you have questions about what to do. Okay, so here are the different ways we're going to do this. Now, let me just say this. This is all dependent upon it not raining the entire day. Now, if it rains the entire day, all of these teams will be here. We'll take a lunch break and come back for more gospel training. And uh, I won't preach. I'll get Jared to preach. But we'll just have a gospel conference today, okay? So don't leave. Don't go anywhere. We're not going to let that happen, okay? Can I get a flyer, uh, Pastor Berto? Yeah, can you, somebody who has one? Yes, thank you. Okay, and I am serious about that. If this does not work out, we'll go do this thing and then till 3 o'clock, and then we'll let you guys go. But I think you should stay till 3 and get the most out of this, okay? So, oh, and by the way, yes, we're going to leave there at uh, 3 p.m. But if we get out there a little late, we may say 4 p.m., just to give you guys the best opportunity. And here's the way I look at it. I've done so many mission trips. We come together, we leave together, right? So we all leave at the same time. And then we meet back here at the church. Why? Because we want to have a time of prayer and just processing. And some of you may need a Holy Ghost car wash. And we want to make sure that you guys get taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you have questions. Maybe somebody was mean to you. Maybe, you, know, you know what I'm saying? We want to make sure we do that. So we come together. We leave together. This is a mission trip. Just give us one day. Give Jesus one day. Can you all do that? Okay. And generally, most of you guys know this, summer storms stop sometime around the evening. So, you know, after we would dismiss 3 o'clock, if we did this a gospel conference, if we dismissed at 3, those of you who really wanted to witness, I'm sure it's going to clear up sometime around 4 or 5, especially the Fort Wayne team. And we got leaders that will take you guys out. It will be on like Donkey Kong. Get it in like Flynn. Come on. Hit the Holy Ghost bong like Cheech and Chong. <laughs> okay. Here's the gospel. Dude, can we get a flyer to everybody, please? Because I really want everybody to see this. Can we put on a little happy music in the background, please? Thank you. Just get these flyers in your hand. Read it first to yourself and see if you understand it, and then I'm going to explain it to you, okay? While we're doing this as well, if you haven't got a T-shirt yet, you can grab a T-shirt real quick. Guys, why don't you get yours real quick? You three, go get some T-shirts. David, Christy. Brian, come on. You can stop the uh, the broadcast, baby. Thank you. 